Beautiful Warriors, episode 39. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. You think of 300, you think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Point guard for the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird. Whenever you're faced with adversity, figuring out a way to overcome it and knowing that you're going to be better for it. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. This week, I'm very excited to bring to you a legend in women's basketball, Sue Bird. Sue won championships at UConn during her college years. She won a couple championships with the Seattle Storm in the WNBA. She's won some medals with the Olympic team. She's an inspiring person, very cool. She was a lot of fun to talk to. We learn about what it means to be a warrior, challenges she faces, her inspiration, and we get insight on to, on her career as a woman in the double WNBA and what the future could possibly hold for her. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors, this is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockandLoadJava.com and use the coupon code Fuel for Warriors to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. Uh, as a journalist, I know it's it's important uh, to be as professional as I can, but I, I do still feel compelled to say that it is an honor to interview someone that is a legend in her sport. Uh, that just means I'm old, dude. Okay. <laughs> is, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if that's the the takeaway from that, but uh, yeah, maybe it's a. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so Sue, we start. We start every episode with the question of what it means to be a warrior. So with your experience in sports or in other parts of your life that inform this, to you, what does it mean to be a warrior? Um, I think to me what it means to be a warrior is whenever you're faced with adversity, figuring out a way to overcome it and knowing that you're going to be better for it. Um, it's a lot easier said than done, but it can stretch over every part of life. And what, um, I mean, can you think of a moment in your career or your or life that, uh, that, that you most resonated with the description you just gave? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say every injury that I've ever had has, has probably been, they've probably presented the most adversity for me. Because once you get hurt, and, I, and I've had um, some pretty significant ones, and once you are going through that, you don't know what's, you know, on the other side. You don't know if you're going to be the same player. There's so much doubt that can creep in. And it's just up to you, and every day when you walk into that, you know, training room to do your rehab, you know, the question is is, is right in front of you. You know, what are you going to do? How are you, what are you going to make of this? And it's pretty crazy. It's, it's a tough obstacle to get over, and to have to do it a couple times in my career was definitely some of the toughest. When, with those injuries that you faced uh, and, and that doubt that you experienced, was, I mean, what was some of the, 
uh, what were some of the catalysts uh, that, that in your life to drive you towards uh, recovery other than your, your you know, contract and drive to play basketball? My major, my first major injury was um, my ACL in college. And I was really lucky because I had a lot of great people around me. One in particular was a teammate. Um, she's actually the assistant at Connecticut now, Shay Ralph. And she had she had torn her ACL before and gone through it and, you know, just was able to kind of hold my hand through the whole thing. And, and, again, I was just super lucky to have somebody who took time out of her life and schedule and whatever to kind of check in on me and, and push me along and motivate me. And, you know, to see somebody going through that, or I'm sorry, to see somebody who had gone through that and was back on the court, you know, I had I had a motivating factor in front of me every day. I like that. Um, when you were young, boys had the privilege of watching their sports uh, stars and their sports heroes on TV, and they got the dream of that right in front of and right in front of them. At what stage in your life were you finally able to get a uh, a firsthand glimpse into professional basketball, and then uh, what made you? When did you know that you could actually play at that level? Um, so the WNBA started in somewhere like 1997-ish, and that was my um, that was me going into my junior year. I'm sorry, my senior year of um, high school. So I was I was like relatively young, and I actually remember doing an interview like way back then at. Um, some All-American camp, and, you know, there was obviously it was very exciting for the world of women's basketball to have this professional league starting. And even though the ABL had, I think, already gone through a season, the WNBA, just by nature of being connected to the NBA, had a little bit more umph to it. So everyone was super excited, and, and I remember doing an interview and getting asked about it. And I look back on that now, and I realize that I was one of, I was part of a generation, one of the first classes, to really know that there was going to be a professional life after college. So basically part of one of the first classes that chose their college with that in mind. So even though I, I wasn't, you know, I, I probably didn't figure out until probably like after my sophomore year of, of college, that's kind of when, like going into my junior year, I kind of understood like, okay, I could actually play professionally. Or okay, if I really work hard. You know, Coach Ram actually, he was the assistant on the 2000 Olympic team. And he came back from that experience, and he, you know, we had a conversation, and he said, "Listen, you know, if you play your cards right, you work hard, and you know, all the things that coaches say, you know, you could have a shot at being on the Olympic team when you graduate." So all of that kind of came together in terms of pro life, my sophomore year, but it was really my my, my late high school years that, you know, I, I thought about pro basketball. I knew it was there; it was like present in our, in conversation. So those two moments are. Kind of would answer your question. Yeah, I've I've had the privilege of talking to a handful of professional uh, women soccer players, and they talk about watching their professional league just crumble, um, and then having to adjust their career, and then you know come back when it when it gets resurrected. And I think the you know for most of my life, women's basketball has always been under the microscope of criticism of that it's not as fun to watch, it's not as impressive. Was there ever a time while you're in, in a WNBA that you thought, man, maybe this won't be around for, for the rest of my career? No, I never thought that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people do like to go out of their way to criticize women's basketball. It's like the cool thing to do. I don't know when that started, but... <laughs> it's the 
cool thing to do. How it started. Um, but no, I mean, if you compare any league, the WNBA to any league in their 20th year, we're doing pretty well. And there was never a doubt in my mind that this league wouldn't, you know, just continue to get better. I mean, it takes time to figure out, you know, like the right cities for franchises, the right business model, the right model in terms of free agency, you know, the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, it takes time. Because just because it worked for the NBA doesn't mean it's going to work for us. So I still, you know, we're still, I think we're still figuring things out. But it's definitely on the up and up, you know. And I think we've gotten to year 20, so we've proved a lot of people wrong. And those people just want to crash. They're bored. That's uh, that's probably uh, a lot of it because I think about the people that talk about it and they're people that have nothing. They're, they're the YouTube comment section, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned like figuring out which markets are. What do you think there's a market that's that's not being uh, tapped yet, or do you think there's a um, a particular city that could really thrive from an expansion team or something like that? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I, what I can tell you is when you when you watch college games, that's like our best gauge, right? Like which college teams do well in terms of attendance, and then from there, like a hundred percent, that's why Mohegan Sun got a team. You know, obviously there's a huge following for women's basketball in the state of Connecticut. So I know that probably propelled that decision. But so if, do I know any off the top of my head? I mean, I don't know. You know, like historically Tennessee would do well. I was actually just in Oregon State for some games. They draw very well. Um, but, you know, it's just like, I mean, the NBA, they, they're still moving. They still have teams moving, you know. And I think it's always just about finding the right spot. Tulsa, for whatever reason, and I don't even know if this is why or, you know, they did, I don't know if number of, you know, fans or attendance numbers played a huge role. I don't know the the reason why they moved, but look, Tulsa just moved to Dallas and maybe that'll work better. It's still, you yeah. know, it's still a work in progress. Yeah, you mentioned the the NBA still figuring out uh I'm I'm a uh Seattle area native and I remember when the Sonic were the Sonics were stripped from our city. Um and it was um it was just, it was so heartbreaking and and you're right, it's the Every every league is still figuring out which markets are going to work best, and I think I think markets evolve over time and maybe don't uh, aren't as evergreen as we think they are. Yeah. Um, you've you've won championships at every stage of your career, and I remember I remember watching an older interview uh, of yours where you mentioned that it actually took you uh, took you a little while to live in the moment of that achievement um, in winning a championship. When which cha- which championship do you think was uh, the first where you really uh, understood not just the significance of what you just accomplished, but how rare it is for 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 players to be able to to experience that? Probably the championship here in 2010, and the reason why I picked that one is because we won in 2004, and that was my third year in the WNBA. So it's like fairly quickly, you know, I, I, we made the playoffs my first year, okay, we didn't my second, and then boom, we win, so it's like, oh, you, you know, you're young, I'm like 23 years old, the most of our team is young, and it's like, oh, God, we're going to, oh, we're going to be in the finals every year, this is easy now, you know, you kind of, you kind of think that, and then, uh, we didn't make it back to the finals for six years, so I think it was getting there in 2010, winning in 2010, I had a different appreciation for it, and a, and a different understanding for just how hard it is. Um, you know, the same can be said for some of, some of my later Olympic experiences, but I think that 2010 year, it sticks out as, as one where I definitely enjoyed the moment. 
you know, we've we've had the pleasure of watching. Uh, we've witnessed a few athletes get the opportunity to retire after winning it all. Ray Lewis and Peyton Manning uh, are just to name it uh, two of them. Uh, if the Storm were to make a championship run this season, would you uh, would you feel like you have to consider leaving on the highest note? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> This is going to be a game time decision. You're just going to wake up one day and just shoot out a tweet like uh, like Marshawn Lynch did. Just like you know what, I'm done. Yeah, picture my hanging up. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I you know the caveat off that, of course, is you know I'm sure plenty of people ask you about your plans after basketball, and I don't really expect you to give any details on on what you're thinking. But uh, I am curious to know, um, you know, you've defined yourself as a basketball player for for your entire life. Um, so the first part question of this is what what types of goals outside of the game of basketball are you still eager to accomplish? Um, goals? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I actually Candace Wiggins, uh, another WNBA player, she just retired today and released it through a, a letter through a Players Tribune, and she she you know said something in there that really struck me, and it was. I don't know if it's a quote, like somebody else said it, or if something she just said, I'm not sure, but it was something to the effect of, you know, athletes, they say that athletes have two deaths, you know. Obviously, there's the one that we all experience at some point, but then then there's another one for athletes, which is the end of their career. And she actually said that she doesn't feel that way. I could totally see how someone could feel that way, because a lot of what we do, I mean, I've been playing basketball since I was, like, five or six years old. Can you tell me anything you've been doing for that long, you know, other than, like, breathing and eating and drinking and all that? Like, that's a pretty long time to be doing something, and a lot of our, you know, our lives, our identities are wrapped up in it. So when it does end, I think um, I'll def- there'll definitely be some mourning, some sadness for sure. Um, but I also am very excited about the next part of my life and what I'm going to do in that. And I don't know if I have necessarily like have goals per se, but you know I've done some ESPN commentating. That's been really fun. There's definitely some other stuff I want to get involved in. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully I've played my cards right in this first life. That when my second life comes, I don't have to rush into anything. You know, I don't have to make any decisions um, based on money, or you know, I can kind of figure out what I want to do and what I'm passionate about. Not only have I not done anything in my life as long as you've been playing basketball, I am not as good at anything in my life as you are at playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I mean, like, anybody, there's a lot of athletes out there. A lot of, like, your identity is literally wrapped up in a game. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. At what point, like, so, you know, you, you've been playing basketball for as long as you can remember. You've been a basketball player for as long as I've ever known the name Sue Bird, and, I, and I'm sure that's the same for uh, just about every fan out there. At what point, the, at what point, you know, I asked you when did you think you could become a professional? Uh, I think a, a better question maybe might be when did you realize that you had something? And in in internally, not someone telling you I think you're good. When you when you realize, man, I I am good at this. I don't think I've ever had that moment. Um... <laughs> No, I'm not kidding, and I don't. I don't even think I have it now. I mean, God. So now that I'm, you know, I'm obviously older, and I'm, you know, closing in on the end of my career, and so when I do things and people intro me, kind of like what you did, to be honest, it's always like, hey, can I, you know, you know, oh, do you want me to talk about your gold medals, or do you want me to talk about this, or do you want me to talk about that? And it's like this laundry list, and and it's always like a 
laughing kind of joke moment. But it's it's not even until those moments where I'm like, oh, I guess I have kind of won a lot. Um, so <laughs> what drives me is is I don't I don't know I I never I still haven't had that moment that you talk about. Um, and I think that's why I've been able to be successful and been able to win because I don't think of myself that way. I'm just constantly trying to push to get better. Sure. Okay. Well, so the last two questions uh, that we have here on the show, uh, the first one is, what challenges are you facing either personally or professionally, and what are you doing to better overcome them? Um, I think at this point in my career, not to keep bringing up my age or anything, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm at a point where um, the physical part of this is can be difficult, you know getting in shape and dealing with injuries. And it's really actually more than anything, the recovery time. You don't recover as quick as when you're like 21, 22. So yeah. that's approaching the season. And like like I said, I've had a lot of surgeries, unfortunately. So I've just got, you know, my, my dad likes to call me Tin Man. i got to like oil myself up every day just to walk down the street. But in order to be ready for a season, there's a lot of challenges for me to get there. And all I'm trying to do is, control what I can. You know, I can control my workouts. I can control, you know, how, when, all that stuff in terms of my workouts. I can control what I put in my body, how I can control how much sleep I get. So I just try to take care of myself, you know, and it sounds a lot easier. It's, 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 it requires a ton of discipline. I'm not always great at it. Definitely have cheat days, but um, I'm trying to do my best just so I can be my best for when I, uh, when I play. Does uh, does being an athlete at your age does does that mean um, putting in more work to stay conditioned or doing less to prevent an injury? Um, it's a really happy medium, like a very good balance, and we're really lucky here in Seattle. We have great um, a great strength and conditioning coach. She really does everything, like name it, um, and she gives me workouts literally every day, and they're all. Um, they all have that balance of, all right, we're going to push it to get you in, con- in, you know, in shape and condition, but we're not going to push you too hard to risk any injury. And there's just, again, just a really nice balance there. Yeah, absolutely. So the name of the show is Fuel for Warriors. We've learned about what it means to be a warrior, what challenges you're facing. Now we need to hear about that fuel. What is getting you up every morning? What is inspiring you? <laughs> um, you know, oddly enough, I have, I mean, I guess not that odd, actually. I have two little nieces. One of them's three. One of them's ten months. And in a lot of ways, they inspire me. They inspire me to, you know, want to be better and to want to set a good example for them. And I think about them. You know, they're too little now to co- go to a game and realize what's happening. I mean, they love it, but they have no idea what's going on. But, you know, maybe in a couple years, they'll they'll YouTube something or, you know, catch a highlight. And I just want to, you know, I want to be a positive role model for them. Uh, side question: Does do how often do people ever ask you if you're related to Larry? <laughs> um, from like age, once I started playing basketball, like kind of competitively, like so somewhere late elementary school, early middle school, so like age I don't know eight nine. From like there until college, I got it all the time. Then it kind of tapered off. I think people realized it, it wasn't the case and they stopped asking. <laughs> but every now and then I'll get it. Sue, thank you so much for your time. We are following you on Twitter at S10Bird and looking forward to watching you this coming season for the Seattle Storm. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FuelForWarriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LostInEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.